الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين استجابوا لربهم وأقاموا الصلاة وأمرهم شورا بينهم ومما رزقناهم ينفقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما خاب من استخار وما ندم من استشار أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسى سفكت علماء كرام فردز النلز Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala blessed us with this greatest wealth of Iman and this most perfect way of life that Allah Ta'ala has granted us the way of Islam this Mubarak way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in our most perfect deen we have been given complete guidance regarding every aspect of life and how to go about living our lives one thing that every person is faced with sometimes many many times a day and that is to take a decision some decisions are very very simple straightforward there's no real issue about it nothing much to even think about and some decisions can be very very critical they can have a very deep impact on what might happen for him it might affect others around him those decisions can sometimes become a means of tremendous good for him and it can sometimes cause major problems for him depending what kind of a decision he made so taking these decisions is a thing that a person is faced with almost daily these major decisions in life how does a person go about taking these decisions in a way that become a source of good for him so even in this regard the quran sharif has given us guidance in the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we find the direction and in the very amal and the mubarak pattern of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the sahaba ikram we have this noble example of how to go about making decisions and this is such a fundamental thing in life because a person all the time is faced with this so what is this prescription the simple prescription that the quran sharif has given us and that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has taught us is the prescription of mashwara sometimes this aspect of mashwara consultation sounds like a very big word that's applicable only to people in a certain situation somebody is sitting on some board somewhere he's sitting in some parliament somewhere or somebody has to be making decisions for the whole community so this applies maybe only to him but me in my personal life this doesn't seem to be anything that i should be concerned about whereas the aspect of mashwara is for every single person it would differ from situation to situation depending on how critical that decision is that needs to be taken 
But nevertheless, mashwara is something that is for each one of us. In the Quran Sharif, regarding the believers and their <coughs> characteristics, in a surah of the Quran Sharif which is titled with the same name, Surah Shura, the surah of consultation, entire surah of the Quran Sharif has been given this title. Mentioning the characteristics of the believers and their outstanding qualities. Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِرَبِّهِمْ That their believers are those who they answer the call of their Rabb. The azan is given, that too is a call from Allah Ta'ala. The Mu'azzin is relaying it. The Mu'azzin is conveying it. So now when that call from Allah Ta'ala said comes, حَيَّ عَلَى الصَّلَاةِ حَيَّ عَلَى الْفَلَاةِ They don't turn their attention elsewhere. Now the attention is entirely towards fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala. وَالَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِرَبِّهِمْ Therefore immediately thereafter وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ And they establish salah in their lives. Now these are, in this actually the whole of deen is already encompassed. Answering the call of their Rabb is not confined only to the aspect of salah and answering the azan, every aspect that Allah Ta'ala has commanded. But more so in this regard, in this ayat, the salah. But then immediately thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمْرُهُمْ شُورَا بَيْنَهُمْ and their matters are decided by mutual consultation among them. They decide their matters with mashwara, with mutual consultation. Whether those matters pertain to the matters within one home, or in an extended family, or in a community, in a society, whatever the situation might be, but they resort to this mashwara. And in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah gives us the same lesson. As Anas who reports that Rasulullah said, Ma khaba man istakhar. The person who makes istikhara, this is an entire topic on his own. This person won't suffer a loss. And wala nadima man istashar. The person who makes mashwara won't regret. Because this is something that comes, Allah Ta'ala puts khair in it. Like in another hadith, Rasulullah says that regarding this mashwara, regarding this consultation, جَعَلَهَ اللَّهُ رَحْمَةً لِأُمَّتِي Allah Ta'ala has made this a means of rahma and mercy for my ummah. They will receive that rahma via this mashwara. مَنْ شَاوَرَ مِنْهُمْ لَمْ يُعْدِمْ خَيْرًا The person who will resort to this mashwara, he won't be deprived of good. He'll always receive good. Person who will abandon this consultation and mashwara, then he will not be able to avoid misguidance. If he will just abandon mashwara and consulting, he will end up meeting misguidance. So this is a rahmat and this comes from Allah Ta'ala's side. When a person takes the step and takes the procedure that Allah Ta'ala has commanded him, that Rasulullah has taught, then just as when he eats that food, which is only a means, food doesn't satiate, food doesn't nourish, food is a means, Allah Ta'ala nourishes via that food. When Allah Ta'ala wills that food will become the means of that nourishment, otherwise if Allah wills that same food might cause somebody's death. He ate something and it had a reaction and something else then triggered off, 
everybody's eating it every day, but now they say, no, he had some kind of allergy and something else happened. But the same food which nourished somebody killed him. In reality, Allah Ta'ala nourished and Allah Ta'ala brought about this person's death, but that same food became the means. But in any case, he adopts the means in the way that Allah Ta'ala has commanded, then Allah Ta'ala puts the effect in it. Allah Ta'ala has commanded, adopt this mashwara. Nabi Wasallam displayed it. This is how it happens. So when a person takes the procedure that has been prescribed to him by Allah and his Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala puts that rahmat in it. Allah Ta'ala opens the doors of khair and benefit for him in it. And that opens out doors for him. So this is a very important aspect that deen has taught us, which we should be taking fully to. Sometimes a person feels, well, this is something that I can do without, I don't need to ask anybody, why should I be needing to ask others, I know it all. There could have been nobody who was more fully guided and knew it better than Rasulullah He was a recipient of wahi directly from Allah wa ta'ala. And the whole world's and whole humanity's intelligence put on one side and Rasulullah's intelligence and understanding put on the other side, the whole humanity's intelligence won't amount to a fraction. Despite all this insight and foresight and being a direct recipient of wahi and revelation from Allah Taala, and being guided divinely at every step, Allah Ta'ala commands Rasulullah as well, وَشَاوِرُهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ That you also consult the Sahaba in your matters. Whereas Allah Ta'ala was guiding him directly, but there was a pattern to be established. That this needs to be continued thereafter. And how best, how better could there be a way to establish it than by giving the most great, the greatest of Allah Ta'ala's creation, the command you do this also. If Nabi Islam has been commanded to do it, whereas he was directly being guided by Allah Ta'ala, that this was actually the lesson for his followers, for his ummah, that what, to what great extent this applies to you. That if Allah's Nabi Islam is being told, وَشَاوِرُهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ You also make mashwara with the Sahaba. And to what extent Rasulullah Islam adhered to this? As Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا أَكْتَرَ مُشَاوَرَةً لِأَصْحَابِهِ I never saw anybody consulting the Sahaba more than how Nabi Sallallahu consulted them. Whereas he sahib wahi Not that he was in need of any guidance from them. He was being divinely guided by Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala established this as the procedure. That that guidance Allah Ta'ala gave, Allah Ta'ala gave it sometimes via mashwara. And Nabi Sallallahu on all the major occasions, took the advice of Sahaba, took their guidance, took their, took their, their mashwara, their views in the matter. The occasion of Badr, Rasulullah s.a.w. gathered the Sahaba after he came out. Ashiru What should we do now? We came out for one purpose and now there's something else happening. We came out to intercept this caravan and now suddenly there's this whole army coming to face us. What do we do? Ashiru Repeatedly Nabi s.a.w. is asking them, give me your view. What do you have to say? The occasion of Uhud, Nabi Islam is asking the views of the Sahaba. The occasion of Khandad, the battle of the trench. This was a very, very major situation. 
and they were now going to be faced by this major attack. And Rasulullah asked the Sahaba again, what is your views? Hazrat Salman Farsi says that I have an opinion, I have a suggestion in this regard. And then he says that this is how we conducted ourselves back home in Persia. If you are faced with a threat like this, we built a huge trench. This was something unheard of in the Arabs. Nabi Islam accepted this. And this saved the day. By the means, on the level of means, it saved the day. But Rasulullah resorted to the Bashura of the Sahaba and then accepted the suggestion of a Sahabi and made a decision on that. And then moved on. So this is the pattern that Nabi Islam himself adopted. And being the recipient of wahi, he had, despite being guided directly by Allah Taala, Rasulullah still set this pattern of Bashura. So on what basis do we feel we don't need it? In fact, this too is a sign of Qiyamat. Among the signs of Qiyamat, Rasulullah has mentioned, That every person feels, every person who has a view feels, what I know is best, I know it all, I don't need to ask anybody, I have the best opinion, so I should just go ahead and do it. He doesn't need to ask and consult anybody. Every person thinks great about his own view. My view is the best. So I just need to carry on. Among the signs of Qiyamah. And together with some other signs, Nabi Islam said, when these things become prevalent, then the space beneath the earth is better than the space above the earth. Meaning at that time it's better not to be living than be living. If a person has gone comfortably with Iman, then he is very fortunate compared to those who are still walking on the surface of the earth because they are going to be faced with a lot of challenges. So this was the pattern Rasulullah said the Sahaba maintained this. Hazrat Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab is that personality regarding whom Rasulullah himself said Umar. Had there been a person who would have been a Nabi after me if I was not the final Nabi of Allah Ta'ala if this was still to continue, then the next person would have been Umar bin Khattab radiallahu Such intelligence, foresight, he was a person that was blessed with a remarkable sense of perception. He could read through situations. One person passed by one day and he just looked at him walking and he said, either this person, either he was a, if he's a Muslim now, then he was kana kahinahum fil jahiliya. In the times of Jahiliya, he was a soothsayer. He was a fortune teller. Taking people for a ride, basically. Giving them some stories and saying, well, this is what's going to happen to you. And charging them a fee for it. And if that's not the case, then he's still a mushrik. Somebody called him and he said, bring him here. I want to talk to him. He said, look, this is my view about you. Either if you're a Muslim now, you were a soothsayer previously. Otherwise, you're still on your Jahiliya this person got very upset and he said, I've never heard a Muslim being spoken to like this previously. He said, leave all the drama out. I'm asking you a simple question. One of the two answer, what is it? He said, yes, I was a soothsayer previously. I'm Muslim now, but previously I was a soothsayer. In one look at how this person was walking, he perceived that this person had this kind of occupation previously. That person with that kind of foresight. Yet, it is mentioned that Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala didn't take decisions on his own. He appointed a board of advisors, a shura. And he would regularly consult them. And 
he had appointed in this shura of his those who he appointed وَكَانَ الْقُرَّاءُ أَصْحَابَ مَجْلِسِ عُمَرَ وَأَصْحَابَ مُشَاوَرَتِهِ that the Qurra, and who are the Qurra? The Qurra in that zamana, in that era where the people, Hafiz ibn Hajar, alayhi, the commentator of, Bari, of Bukhari Sharif, Fathul Bari, he says, Al-Ulama'ul Ubbad. Those ulama who were outstanding, in, those Sahaba who were outstanding in their knowledge, all the Sahaba were very knowledgeable, those who were outstanding in their knowledge among the Sahaba. And all the Sahaba were very pious, those who were outstanding in their piety among the Sahaba. Such ulama among the Sahaba who were outstanding in their piety as well. Such personality, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab appointed as his shura. And he regularly in every important matter consulted with them and then took a decision in the matter. On one occasion, as Umar is coming to Sham, to Syria, and he is received on the outskirts, far away before the border, by the senior sahabas, Ubaidah bin Jarrah and others who were the generals, and he is received by them, and they say to him that, look, you are on your way to Sham now, but what has happened is, in the interim, a plague has broken out. Our suggestion is that you don't go. You should return, because you have such senior sahaba with you, you yourself, such senior sahaba with you, perhaps you get affected by the plague, they fall ill, somebody is now, becomes a victim of this plague, our suggestion is don't go. Umar stops there. He doesn't just take a decision. He calls all the, the muhajireen. First he calls the ansar. And he consults with them. What should I do? Some say one thing, some say another thing. He's not satisfied. He calls the muhajireen. Similar situation again. There are various views. What should be done? And Umar then calls all the senior personalities of the Quraysh. From the Sahaba. These people had tremendous intelligence and foresight in matters. He then consults them. In the interim, Hazrat Abdurrahman ibn Auf, who had not been present at that moment right there, he had gone for some need. He comes, he says, I've heard something from Rasulullah. He then mentions that in this regard. He expresses a hadith sharif. After having heard all this and the various details from the various Sahaba, after three mashwaras, Hazrat Umar takes a decision and he says, finally, we'll return. And in the light of that hadith where Hazrat Abdurrahman ibn Auf mentioned that Nabi Islam said, if you are not already there, don't go there. And if you are there, don't leave from there. Any case, the lesson in this was, he didn't just take a decision willy-nilly and go ahead. He took this mashwara upon mashwara and then made a decision. So we understand and clearly we get this guidance from the practice of Rasulullah from the Sahaba Ikram and already before that directly from the Quran Sharif that this is something to hold on to, to adopt as part and parcel of our life. Now what does a person make mashwara in? This is the principle that he should be making mashwara. What does he make mashwara about? If you look in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, they make mashwara, one is you may call it asking, just asking a ruling, but that is also a kind of mashwara. They make mashwara with regards to masail. Now in our context, a person, for example, is starting up a business, or he's conducting some business, he's got some transaction to do. So how to go about business in itself, that he'll ask somebody with experience in business. But is that business in conformity to Sharia, he'll have to make mashwara with a learned person, somebody who has experience in those masail, somebody who has that 
experience in the Masail of business, that is this deal in order. Every other day there is somebody coming up with some deal which he was so thrilled about, that what a wonderful deal he did, and how quickly he turned the money, but the deal was all upside down, there was interest involved in it, and he didn't even know, one is a person knows that okay this is haram, and he's still going into it. This person was so happy about himself that he did, what a wonderful deal. And meaning everything above board. But there were so many things involved in it which were impermissible. Make mashwara about masail. This is just one example in all aspects of life, the masail we have to consult. To make sure we're doing the right thing. Otherwise we'll be doing something and thinking good about ourselves that we're doing mashallah a lot of something very great. Whereas everything is gone haywire. Then, in terms of personal issues, personal matters, a person is getting married. So now he's getting married, so one is fine, his family is going to help him to choose the right partner, etc. But there are certain masail that are important in this regard. There are, besides the masail, there are certain advices which it is beyond maybe just the average parent to give that advice. He should consult with somebody learned in that regard. That now I am taking this step in life. So how do I go about it? What is the correct procedure about going about this major decision in life? So now this is something to consult about. Again, time is very limited. These are just, we are just touching on some examples to understand. That in all these things we have to consult. A person sometimes only consults when there is a problem. Now when the damage has been done, now how to go? This is... What mashwara is, the importance of mashwara is highlighted in this. One is to learn the hard way. After a person has burnt his fingers, after he has already done the damage, now he comes to ask somebody perhaps, oh he has learned from his mistake, after having suffered and harmed himself. And the other is, he takes that mashwara, that mashwara helps him to do the right thing without going through this whole rigmarole of burning his fingers first. Before Having harmed himself, he already learned how to avoid the pitfalls. So whether it is in terms of his personal matters, then more importantly, in terms of his spiritual matters, sometimes a person, his very iman, he needs to double confirm that everything is in order. It might be no problem at all, but just to make sure. The Sahaba Ikram, we learn this from them. The very famous and well-known incident of Hazrat Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala Something crossed his mind that something is wrong with my Iman Nauzubillah. Why? He was talking of something very high. That in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that fervor of Iman that we experience. When we come home, we don't feel that same fervor of Iman. Now we get engaged with our families. He felt this is nifaq. But the thing what he did was... He came together with Abu Bakr and they presented it to Rasulullah Nafaqa Hanzala. Hanzala has become a munafiq. But he came and brought it forward. The Beast of explained to him, no, nothing to worry about. This is something that you are talking about. It doesn't normally happen that a person is forever on that peak of feeling of Iman. But the point is that this coming and consulting about it now cleared this situation in his heart and mind. Otherwise he would have become overly agitated by something which wasn't a problem. And that could become a problem. Many a person is uh, faced with the kind of situation of waswasas and whispers of shaitan which don't really affect anything. 
provided a person just ignores it. But now he feels that this waswasa has harmed his iman. And this is something the Sahaba experienced. They came to Rasulullah Inna najidu fi anfusina ma ahaduna bihi. We experience such thoughts sometimes, we can't even bring it on our tongue, it's so serious. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi you actually feel that? He said, yes, da'aka sarihul iman. This is testimony of your iman. If you weren't perturbed by this doubt and felt it serious, then you would, there would be no iman. You're feeling it serious, this is a sign of your iman. Don't worry about it, ignore it and carry on. But they felt the need to bring it forward and it cleared the doubt. It cleared the situation. This was a passing thought that they got concerned about. Sometimes it's an actual serious problem. Not one, not two, many times. Some youngster writes and says, but this thought keeps niggling my mind that there perhaps is some credibility about Darwin's theory. And I just seem, seem to feel that this is, this is something, there's some substance to this. Now he is saying that there's credibility in Darwin's theory. So now it's the flip side of that. That what the Quran Sharif has said, perhaps this is not really right. The Quran Sharif has spelled it out. That Allah Ta'ala created insan from inna khalaqna insana min nutfa before that walaqad khalaqna insana min salsalim min hama'im masnoon from sand, from dust, from this clay and the whole creation of insan, the first human on earth, Allah Ta'ala created Adam alayhi salatu wasalam, then from him created his wife, Hazrat Hawa radiallahu ta'ala anha, and from them the human progeny then descended. The Quran Sharif is establishing this. Hazrat is saying that no, I think there's something credible Na'uzubillah about Darwin's theory. What is the state of his iman? But now if he didn't ask also, he didn't even consult about this problem in his within himself, he perhaps would never even clear it. And then he would keep performing his salah, he'll go for hajj, he'll cry at Arafat, he might hold on to the ghilaf of the Kaaba Sharif, but if he's entertained this as Correct. He's nullified his iman. So to consult in this regard, that if you're feeling some thoughts, some doubts, go to the ulama kiram go to those who are learned, those who have the ability to guide us to the mashayikh, and ask them. Either it is just a doubt, which they will clear, or Allah forbid, if it's something serious, they'll help us to come out of that. Sometimes it might not be pertaining to iman directly, but other spiritual issues, one Sahabi came to Rasulullah and he said, Ya Rasulullah, give me the permission to commit zina. Outwardly this was a kind of request, but it was just a request. He was expressing something within himself. He put it as a question, or he put it as a request, he was actually consulting. That how do I deal with this? That I am assailed by this. And how do I deal with it? Some Sahaba got very upset, they started silencing him. Abhi very, very affectionately called him forward, come close, come closer. He came closer, he said, would you be happy somebody does this with your mother? He said, definitely not. With your sister, with your daughter, with your aunt, how can you be happy for this to happen to somebody else's mother, daughter, aunt, whatever? Then Nabi Salaam put his hand on the person's chest and he made dua for him. And it is stated thereafter that there was nothing more detestable to him than zina. But he had a problem within himself that he was now this these urges were becoming uncontrollable he came and presented the situation he didn't shy away from treating the matter and he got treated and he got cured and he got cured and became more healthier than others in that regard 
So likewise a person is battling with some problem. Allah forbid, Allah forbid. A person got caught up in some illicit relationship. A person got caught up in some other haram. Somebody is caught up in some intoxicant. Somebody... It's not the end of the world provided we take the step forward. We learn from these lessons. There is somebody who will deal, will help you. And they'll keep the confidence also. They're not going to publicize it. They'll deal with you with confidence. And they will deal with you in a way that they will help you to come out of your problem. There's a problem. One is to recognize it is a problem. But now a person thinks I'll deal with it myself. And Shaitan in the meantime has got that firm grip. is dragging the person deeper and deeper. And he says, no, we'll sort it out later. It is now important to take that step to approach someone who is learned, who is pious, and to take that message, that, that advice from him. How do I come out of this? I'm going into this, this quicksand. Before I get buried in here, how do I come out? So ask this. So in any case, there are many, many other details in this regard. The time is already up. But who do we consult with? This one last question. Who do we consult with? Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion, he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that in nazala bina amrun walisa fihi bayanu amrin wala nahin famata amruna. That Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, something happens, some situation comes up. And there isn't any clear directive in that regard. There is no clear prohibition or clear instruction. What do we do? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Tashabarun al fuqaha wal abideen wala tumdu fihi ra'ya khasate. That in this, you should consult al-fuqaha. Those who have the true understanding of deen, and not only that, wal-abideen, and who are pious, externally, internally, to the extent we can perceive, they are adherent to the way of Rasulullah They are firm on deen. Then you consult them. Don't take a solitary opinion in such things and carry on. You see, what is the general consensus of such pious ulama on that matter? And don't just get carried away by just anything. Rather, you should consult and see what is the general consensus of such pious and well-learned personalities and follow in that direction. That will take you safely across. Otherwise, the person takes chances. If he takes chances in terms of his physical, medical problem, He's got a heart problem and he wants to take chances in that regard. The worst can happen is he might lose his life. But he takes chances with his iman, he might lose his iman. If he lost his life, then he's just a temporary phase. Life of dunya will go one day. Then his life is in a qabr, will continue. Even if he lost his life in dunya, his life in the qabr will continue. And life in the akhirat is never ending. But if he lost his iman, Allah forbid, and he left this world without that, then he's in perpetual doom. So to consult in these regards, this is an extremely important aspect. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we take on to this teaching of deen and in all our matters we adopt this sunnah of mashwara. This will become a means of khair for us in our dunya also and more importantly in our deen.